Christ, whoever follows Jesus can and should live fearlessly for the great joy of exalting Christ. Hello, friends.、Um, I feel very properly to preach the Philippians chapter one. At the very beginning, it said, "Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus." I feel that to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at WSBC, I was an old friend at WSBC when、uh, in 2019 I was an intern here when Mark Collins, Chris Phillips, and Danny was here. So, for those who don't know me. I want to let you know that I'm your old friend. Yeah, and、uh, let's begin our sermon by prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to give thanks to you because you love us, and you always providing a sustaining grace to us, so that we can know you and we can hear your word. May today you give us your presence, so that whatever whoever preach and listen. Will be blessed from you, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray in Christ Jesus' name, Amen. Have you ever watched a、um, singing competition TV show, The Voice of China?、Um, it's a the concept is to find a new music talent.、Um, they will they will invite like four. Famous singers, and then they will pick the ordinary people who singing well.、Um, so it's a very famous show、uh, in China. And、uh, I remember that there was a singer who is a rock and roll singer named Wang Feng. He always wanting to ask a question to the players that, "What is your dream?" He always want to ask this question, so people laughed at him. And、uh, and the answers are very different. Some saying that、um, I want to be the first famous r- rapper in China, and some said I want to promote the ballad music in China. The question is to give them an answer. What motivate them? A dream. What is a dream? A dream is a focus. A dream is an expectation. A dream is a hope. It's a desire. It's a joy. Dreaming something means that you want to gain something. It provides meaning. It mo- most importantly provides direction and energy. You know, I, when I was in U.S., I want to visit a Yellowstone National Park. We plan to it, and I always dream that oh, the beautiful mountain, the beautiful animals. Though I do not make it at the end of the day, but I want to say that dream—that is a dream's meaning. A dream is a game, but it re- requesting sacrifice. It costs you something. Like the singers for the TV show, they need to practice every day. They need to battle with the others. But the question is that: Is the dream worthy? Is what you desire to gain worthy? Now today, the passage we want to pray is in Arthur in the first century. He has the best citizenship in his time. He's a Roman citizenship. He was well educated, 
and he also had a high rank in their society. He was willing to give up everything for being the slave of a man, serving the people of that man love, and even being put into the prison. And he is a man fulfilling his dream every day. He's a joyful man, even in the prison. The text I'm going to preach today is a passage of his letter to those his master loved. Through this passage, we can see why these odd men are willing to sacrifice to be a slave. Um, let's read the passage. We will read the Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to 30. So the main idea of my message today is in Christ, whoever follows Jesus can and should live fearlessly for the great joy of exalting Christ. I'm sorry, it's a little bit long, but I'll read it again. In Christ, whoever follows Jesus can and should live fearlessly for the great, greatest joy of exalting Christ. Exalting Christ mean, meaning um, proclaiming Christ, imitating Christ, and strengthening other people's faith in Christ. My purpose today is that I hope that the Holy Spirit will use my message um, to preach to you. After this message, you all will love exalting Christ most in this life. And I will divide this message into two sessions, verse 12 to 26 and uh, 27 to 30. I will give you questions for each session, and then I will go through verse by verse, and then summarize the, the points and provide some application. Maybe you will ask, why don't I mention verse 1 to 11? Because I have not prepared for that session. Uh, I don't have time. But I will, I will use it as an illumination for our, our focus today. So for verse 12 to 26, the question is, why exalting Christ is the great joy? Why exalting Christ is the great joy? And can all Christian, Christians enjoy that joy fearlessly? So let's, uh, let's see verse 12 to uh, 26 with, uh, with my questions. <clears throat> Verse 12 to 14, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me really served to advance the gospel. I want you to know, brothers, who is I, who is you, who is the brothers? In the chapter 1, we know that Paul viewed himself the servants of Christ Jesus. Actually, servants is not a word strong enough. We should say it's a slave. Slave in this society is the lowest lowest class of the society. They can, the law can use them to do anything. But Paul viewed himself as a slave of Jesus Christ. And who are you here? Who are the brothers? These brothers support uh, Paul's mi uh, ministry at the very beginning. They support him financially, and uh, so they know Paul's situation. Actually, the language Paul used here is a friendship language. So in that century, when you want to write a letter to a friend, you will use affectional words, as Paul do in Philippians chapter 1. And something I need to point out is that in verse 1 to 12, Paul, when Paul mentioned the believers at Philippi, he always used all, 
all the saints and uh, all you, for you all making my prayers with you. All is mentioned here because it means that Paul viewed the congregation as a whole. So it's not talking to someone individually, talking to the whole congregation of the, of the believers in Philippi. And so now let's focus on verse 12. It said, I want you to know, which means that something they don't know. So what specifically Paul want them to know? Um, <clears throat> here we can see what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Uh, what has happened to Paul is he was thrown into the prison. Let's thinking about maybe Luke was thrown into a prison in Shanghai. You know, that's not true, but I just make it, make it up. We were concerned about him, right? Because in the prison, it's not something happy. It means losing freedom and it means shame. So it's uh, understandable for us that uh, the, the people in Philippi concerns about Paul. But Paul wants them to want to turn their focus from his personal suffering to advancing the gospel. And he wants them to know that it's to advance the gospel. And it has been known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the law by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So here, Paul wants them to know that his imprisonment spread the gospel and also strengthened the faith of the brothers and sisters. So he wants to turn their view. And I also want to ask you a question, like, in this situation, you know, we're all in China. We all just experienced the blocking in Shanghai just a couple months ago. And many of the missionaries and elders were blocked outside here. Do you think it's just a suffering? Or can you see God's will for that? But for Paul here, he wants to give us a new focus, a new perspective that his suffering is advanced the gospel. Philippians focus on personal suffering, but Paul wants them to see God use him to exalt Christ. Then, what is this about to our question? Why, is the, why exalting Christ is the greatest joy? And why can we exalt Christ in this life? The first reason is that it is God who wants to exalt Christ. It is God who can use all circumstances to exalt Christ. So Paul wants want the believers in Philippi to see that. We also should, should see it too. In uh, 2019, when I was an intern, I attended the elders' meeting. And I know at that time, we get in another hotel and the people are full and every Sunday. So the elders concerns about how to plant a new church. And they felt that it's hard to promote, promote it, so they, they have no solutions. And just two weeks later, the policeman visited our hotel. Yeah, when, when Mark preaching here, and, and after his preaching, we turn around, we see a line of policemen standing there, and uh, they dismiss us our gathering. We cannot use that hotel anymore. But it just provides the elders a chance to like, split the, the whole congregation into different groups. 
and the transplanting plan just become very natural and automatically. Everyone wants to split. So we can see that even right now in Shanghai, God do the same thing in Philippi, in, in Paul. So we don't need to concern the Chinese situation right now. We don't need to concern how many missionaries can come in or they can they are block it. God will do his word, whatever. So this is the first thing said. Why, why exalting Christ is a great joy? We have a super strong teammate, and who is God? Now let's, uh, let's see the, let's read the verse 15 to 18. Now, here Paul is turning to external reason to his internal attitudes, how he himself built it. He mentioned two groups of people, some evangelized people with a good will, but some just want to hurt him. But one thing we can be sure is that even though some, those who want to hurt Paul, they preach the true gospel, all Paul will not be happy about that. But one thing is that we can see, those who want to um, hurt Paul is proclaiming Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. I want you to put into Paul's situation. Let's say if someone wants to afflict you. Let's say someone wants to afflict you intentionally. How would you feel? What you feel is you want to revenge. Do you feel it's not fair? What do you feel? Actually, it's very natural for us to fight back and feel unfair. But Paul hears what he said. He said in verse 18, What then? Only that in everywhere, in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is Proclaim it, and in that I rejoice. He is rejoicing. He is rejoicing not because of his suffering, but because Christ's name is proclaimed. He doesn't care people how to, people's treatment. He just cares the exaltation of Christ. I, I think it's a little bit unbelievable to, like, to see a person like that. I think Paul had the same thing in mind. So, so at the end of the verse, at verse 18, he said, he confirmed it. Yes, I will rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. For the first part, is talking about that. I will rejoice what already happened to me, and I will continue rejoicing if Christ's name is be exalting. And now, Paul want to, um, Paul actually is telling us that the joy of exalting Christ is greater than the pain uh, he get from others. So we can see the greater joy here. Let's say someone wants to step my foot. I will feel pain. But if that one wants to give us an iPhone, like iPhone Pro to pay for that, I'm very happy. I don't mind stepping me twice more or something. So we can see here, it doesn't mean that it's not pain for, for Paul, but for Paul, there is a great joy that can cover such a little affliction. That great joy is exalting Christ. And now in verse 19 and 20, he provides 
it provides a first uh, a first reason for that. Why he rejoice? Why he rejoice in exalting Christ? Um, <clears throat> I want you to focus on one word, uh, that is my deliverance. Um, I will read the whole verse. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, these will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all shamed, but that will full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. So what does he mean by deliverance is a key to understand this passage. Some will say it is the deliverance from the prison. The others will say it's the deliverance from the eternal, um, eternal judgment. Or in other words, it's the ultimate sense of the eternal salvation. But there is a better solution. The better solution is that it is not talking about the eternal one, the future one. It's talking about the present. Um, because we can see the the verse, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all shame. The shame here is not the eternal shame. It's a shame that when he was in the prison and he felt the pressure to deny Christ, but he hold it. He hold fast of his face. When he hold fast his face and proclaim Christ, keep proclaiming Christ, he is not put in the shame. And with the courage, as always, Christ will be honored. So, Walter Helson, I think he has a very good summary here. I will read it for you. That is the deliverance that Paul expects. God's salvation will be experienced in the now and in the body. What Paul is talking about in this context is neither a salvation from execution, nor a salvation in heaven, but the salvation of the Spirit of Christ in the present and empowering to be a bold witness for Christ, his law. So Paul's word here, deliverance, is saying that he can keep faithful even in, in the prison. But how would he do it? The key is in the first part of verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn up for my deliverance. So we can see Paul is not relying on his own strength. Because sometimes when we talk about the Apostle Paul, we were thinking that, yeah, he's a spiritual giant. He can do what we cannot do. He is an example and, and he is on the top. We are not. But actually, Paul is also relying on the, relying on the spiritual resources that we already have. We all have. That is through our prayer. That is through the help of the Spirit of, the, of Jesus Christ. Paul was not born as a bold man. We can see in the Philippians chapter 6, he said, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayers and uh, supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaiming the mystery of the gospel. So Paul is always feel he need prayers. His boldness is not coming from himself. His boldness is coming from the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In other place, he said, and I will, 
and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. So Paul is not always bold, he's not always brave. He also will experience weakness, fear, and trembling. The reason why he has confidence that he can receive the deliverance from God is through your prayers and the Spirit, in the help of the, of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus, when he is in Casamane, um, he also prayed to the Father. So prayer is the, is the source of our strength. We need to use it. Also Spurgeon, uh, in his uh, lectures to, to his students, he said something like, um, the whole library is, is not better than your prayer room. So we need to pray. We need to rely on the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So then, why, is a, why exalting Christ is a great joy and we can enjoy that? This is because God delivered those exalting Christ, not with their own strength, but through the prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus. So I want to uh, exalt you that you need to pray for your pastors, you need to pray for your elders, you need to pray for each others, you need to pray for this church. You also need to pray for yourself. If, if you don't have a prayerful life, you will be weak, definitely. But also I want you to have a confidence that if you pray and the, Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus will help you because that is His mission. So that's the second reason to our questions. Now let's read verse 21 to 26. I read for you. For to me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I feel this is another reason for his, for his joy. And I feel that is the the top of the mountain. You know, when we're climbing the mountain, we, we can see some beautiful view, but it's just not that overwhelming. But when you are at the top, everything is, uh, is in front of you. So I feel this verse is, is that verse. Um, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What does it mean? What, what, what does Paul mean to live is Christ? Um, to live is Christ actually means all things. It depends on Christ. To live honors Christ. And the foundation, the center, the purpose, the direction, the power, and the meaning of Paul's life is Christ. And I will simply say that it's a desire to pursue Christ-likeness in every aspect in his life, including his internal attitudes, including his uh, life experience. I think that this is the dream of Paul. Paul wanted Paul's dream is to be like Christ, to live as Christ. And, and what does he gain? As a dream, we want to gain something. And what does he gain? He said, to die is gain. We can see chapter 3, verse 8 in Philippians. It said, indeed, I count everything as a loose because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the, the loose of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. So I believe that Paul here is saying, 
To die is to gain Christ. Then what does it mean by gain? By gaining Christ, gaining Christ, I I think is experience what Christ experienced. Christ experienced resurrection, and Paul will ex- experience the same thing, and he, he will gain Christ's righteousness. He will be counted righteous as Christ do. He will gain the sonship of Christ. He will gain the inheritance of Christ. He will even gain the exaltations of Christ. Because in Revelation,、um, Jesus said, "Those who believe me will sit at the throne at the throne with me," and he also will gain the joy of the Lord. So that is his dream. He wants to live as Christ, and he will gain Christ. But I also want to encourage you that I know it's a very, very high, high up goal. But Paul is very like merciful. He said, verse twenty-one, for to me. So it's a very personal statement. He said, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He wants you to know that we should live in this way, but he also don't want to put a heavy burdens to us, because every one of us are at their stage of growth. As like a baby, we cannot like just ask him to grow as fast as as we want. So Paul here is wants us to know that that is our goal and that is our dream, but we need to grow step by step. Also, to live is Christ. It's not a decision at the moment. It actually is a dynamic process. It's a it's a dynamic process of becoming and growing. It's not like after this sermon and you make a decision. Okay, I want to live. To live is Christ. I want to live as Christ do, and you do. No, it's not. It's like your whole life. You make a commitment to live as Christ do. I believe you do. If you are true Christians, if you are true believers, and the Spirit is in you, you have that desire. You want to live like Christ. What we need to do is to plant the seed already inside of us and let it grow. We need. What we need to do is to resist the temptations from the world, from the society, to keep the seed and let it grow healthily. So it is not a goal that we cannot reach. It's actually Paul here is actually telling us the sea inners what it will be look like if he grow healthily. So that that is what Paul wants us to see. And furthermore, from twenty two verse twenty two to twenty six, he progressively gives us another reason why he is rejoicing, whatever he experienced. Verse. Twenty-two to twenty-six. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. So it's interesting here. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. What is the interesting point here? I want to tell you. The point is that Paul assumed if he live, he definitely will have a fruitful labor. There is no other options. He will he will bear fruit. Why does he have that confidence? Because he know that it is God who let、um, who bear fruit.、Uh, in chapter one, verse、um, verse six, he said, "And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to com-、uh, completion at the day of Jesus Christ." 
So Paul have a confidence. He he believed that God will use him in any way. When he is alive, he will use it to bear bear fruit. So he said, "Yet which I should choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But remain the fast is more necessary on your account." What does it mean? He means that whatever die or live, it's all too good for him. It's hard to choose. Just as you you go to Disney and and you find that I want to play this, I want to play that. I all want. I want to play all things. I don't know how to choose. For Paul, exalting Christ is the same thing. If he focus on exalting Christ to live or to die, it's all gain. It's just too good to him. But he finally make a decision. He said, "Remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all." For your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus, because of my coming to you all, he has such a confidence that when he come to the Philippines, their joy in faith will grow and make progress. He has confidence in the fruitful labor, and I want you to know that his attitude is an imitation of Christ Jesus. Jesus has the nature of God, but He come to this earth for our sake. So God sent Him, sent Him to sacrifice for our sins. Christ is imitating Him here. So, come back to our questions: Why exalting Christ is the greatest joy? Why can't we enjoy that joy? It is because exalting Christ in this life will gain fruitful labor. And also will gain Christ in the life to come. In either way, we gain. When I come back to Shanghai, I heard from my pastor Joshua.、Uh, he told me that、um, many people want to immigrate. They want to immigrate from China, from China to other country like United States and、uh, maybe Thailand. Just get out of China because they concern about that. They They don't want to stay here. I don't mean leaving is、uh, is sin. I don't mean that. I just want to ask, how do you make that decision? What is the primary factor in the process of making decision? Which joy is greater, the joy of exalting Christ or the joy of the comfortable life? We need to think about that when we make a decision. What factor? Bear more weight. If we are true Christian, we need to exalt Christ, as Paul do, and that joy is far greater. Let's see the last section. The last section is verse twenty-seven to twen to thirty. My question for this session is that: Should all Christians pursue the great joy of exalting Christ? What I mean is that does it the duty of the like pastors? Only they, only the pastors or the elders should pursue that, or only the spiritual giants like John Calvin, like、uh, John Owen, and they should pursue that. Should all Christians pursue that? Let's see, verse twenty-seven to thirty. Paul here is draw a conclusion after he's sharing his attitudes towards imprisonment, sharing his、um, view towards life and death. 
He said, "Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel." He said, "Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ."、Um, in the Greek word, he actually is saying that. Saying that to live as the citizen of the heavenly kingdom, to be a good citizen, citizenship is very important for them. Paul here is want to tell want to tell the believers in Philippi that you need to live, be worthy of your identity. You will truly treasure the gospel. You will truly know the value of the gospel for us. You will truly know that we gain the eternity. Um, through Christ Jesus, through His suffering and resurrection, and we gain the sonship of our God through Christ Jesus, and all of this in the gospel is valuable. If that is truly valuable, then we need to let our manner of life be worthy of that. We need to live our citizenship of the heavenly kingdom. That is Paul want to say here, and then. Standing firm and not frightened in anything by your opponents, all these things, and striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, all these are the explanation of letting your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So it means in this age, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid of the government or be afraid of,、um, you know, the presidents of. Wherever country they are, we just don't need to be af- afraid because to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul already shows us what the manner of life worthy of the gospel is, so he is our example. I I don't mean that we need to reach that level right now or in just a couple of months. That is just lifelong goal for us. But I want you to want us to have the same dream as Paul do here. Paul also gives us three reasons why all Christians should pursue the great joy of exalting Christ here. The first reason is that I already said it's worthy of the gospel, and the second thing is that is from God. Verse twenty-eight, it said, "This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God." So for both sides are from God. That's God's will. And also, he mentioned in verse twenty-nine, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake, engage in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So, the calling to be a Christian is not a comfortable calling. You know, throughout the history, many Christians suffers, but we suffer for the for the great hope and the great joy. I think Paul here is want to let the believers in Philippi to discard the the dream of a comfortable life, the dream of a a life without conflicts from the opponents. There are always opponents to Christ. There are always enemies of Christ Jesus. In all ages, in all countries, 
we should not expect a peaceful and comfortable life. If we experience a period of time, that's the grace of God. But as a Christian, we should know exalting Christ is our calling. It's from God. It's, it makes the gospel worthy. So now I'm going to draw a conclusion. I have asked three questions. Why exalting Christ is a great joy? Can we enjoy that joy? Should all Christians pursue that? I think you know my answer. We should, we can, and that is a truly great joy because to live or to die is a gain for us. And I also want to remind you that that is because we are in Christ. We are not pursue that, pursue this dream with our own strength. God already provides sufficient grace, the grace as Paul do. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Every true believer will have the Holy Spirit in their heart. That is the book of Acts telling us. And also, He gave us the church. Through the church, He strengthens our faith, encouraging us. And also, God will providing His grace to us to keep us standing, friends. We have a greater life. A greater life is better than the other dreams that the world tells us. For those who are not believers here, I'm not sure how many of you are here. I also want to tell you that if you don't know the one who Paul served or who we worship for, your joy and dream are small, are limited. And actually, in Ecclesiastes, it says, I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For of the wise as the fool, there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the wise die just like the fool. So I hate life because what is done under the sun was grievous for, to us. For all is vanity and the striving after wind. So if you don't know Christ, your life is vanity. If you, you are mad at me, um, we can talk. Um, I can explain to you. I love you. The reason why I want to say that is, is for your benefit. I want you to come to know Christ. I want you to ex experience and enjoy the same joy we have. That's the reason why I say these words, at the risk of offending you. And at the end, if you feel burdensome about the message I preached today, I want to say something to you. You don't need to. You already have that desire. You already have that strength. You just need to grow. Our dream of exalting Christ is a special dream because whenever we desire to pursue it, we are fulfilling it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, for this book. Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you for the Apostle Paul. Thank you for the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Thank you for letting us to see the greatest joy of exalting Christ. It's not depends on our strength. It depends on you. It's a great joy that you call us to enjoy. May you bless this message and bless the people here so that we can um, gradually, progressively 
pursue this joyful dream. I pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.